Live from Mott's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie, this is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Welcome in. It is Kenny and Heilprin. In for Grant Bills today. Call it the, the Wisco Sports Show, Kenny and Heilprin special. Live at Monk's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie. Here with you, taking you up until 6 o'clock. 5 o'clock hours here. And I had to hit my quota, Zach, of some Brewers talk, a little bit of Packers talk, some Bucks thoughts. But the real reason we are here, at, at least the real reason that, that I'm employed talking into a microphone realistically is the badgers that's that's why you think you're employed ah, that's that's part of the reason uh that is <laughs> that is what we normally do during the week at this time from five to six on thursdays here at the great monks bar and grill i think it's because bill can tolerate you <laughs> I, think, I think that's i think that's what that's that's what you get a paycheck for because a couple of my jokes were laughed at <laughs> yes believe it or not i think that, yes i think that is that is why you get your paycheck for those for those cases. that listen to the show believe it or not yeah um badger spring practice your badge is just bonus. I guess. For me. And probably the people upstairs, at least. I like to think a little bit. I I like to think I bring some value here. I, I, of course you do. You bring a lot of value. Um, a, lot, a lot of value. I'm, I'm told Ben should talk a lot more all the time. Yeah, that nobody ever says that, <laughs> if we're being honest. No, I, that has yet to happen. But that's why we're here. Badger Spring Practice, Zach, you were there today. There has been uh, – we put a podcast out on Tuesday because the Brewers kicked us off of our normal airtime uh, on on that day. And a lot of talk about the pace, obviously. A lot of talk about quarterbacks. A lot of talk about whether Tanner Mordecai, the, the transfer from SMU, has finally hit his groove. And after uh, this past Saturday, after Tuesday, and then it, it happened again today from what I saw on your Twitter, from what I saw from everybody reacting to practice – where are we at with Mordecai? Because I have a I, I have a thought to unveil. I am continually more and more impressed by him. And this goes back to what we kind of talked about last week in the first two practices. And I'm like, oh, God, what do they, they want this guy for? Like, it just wasn't, like, overly jumping off his hand. It was just, yeah. The last four practices, I think you could say, are as good of four practices as a quarterback has had since I've been covering the team. Which and, is and, since which, one. 2013 which is also saying something uh because i don't have a i have a really good memory but i don't remember any spring practices or fall camps like i'll I'll remember plays here and there and like stories here and there so me saying that means absolutely nothing he all he's all i can all i'm going to say about those best four those four practices he's put really good practices back to back to back to back and that consistency has been lacking from the quarterback position at wisconsin the last three years all right, let's overreact. So, okay. th- so this is the best four-day stretch of a quarterback in a practice, practice you have ever seen. That I remember. But that you've ever seen. That I remember. Despite no. whether your memory is good or not. <laughs> let's overreact because... I, that was an overreaction on my part, yeah. You know, there's, there's, there's Bitcoin... There is. There's there's Dogecoin. Dogecoin, yep. In the golf world, there's Hogecoin for Tom Hokie. It's just this one guy talks about Hogecoin, which I find humorous. Of course you do. Um, what about Mordecoin? Mordecoin. Because I'm buying. To the moon. As as time goes along, as we hear more and more, with, with Will Pauling even emerging there in the slot, and with what this offense can be statistically even, like, like take, away, um, take away the points. 
take away what they can score and and how far, how, how quickly they can move up and down the field, what this offense can be statistically for a quarterback, and you need a guy to fill the role, the more and more good I hear, and again, I was bought in when he when he committed. He was a guy I thought moved the needle for, for the program this year. I thought instantly raised their ceiling, and you obviously have the other guys in the room that, that you hope can contribute in the future. But the more and more good I hear, I mean, this is what you need to get both the Phil Longo offense off the ground and running efficiently is what you need to get the Luke Fickle uh, era in general off and running w- with all the expectations that we talk about. So the more and more good I hear, it, it obviously it makes me encouraged, but I, I find myself buying more and more stock. The more and more I look at other teams and other quarterback positions, other situations, I think the Badgers are as well set up as anybody, definitely in the division, maybe in the conference next to Michigan, quarterback-wise. That's bold. I know it is. More than Ohio State? We don't know what Ohio State is. Except every other, <laughs> except past evidence would show us exactly what Ohio State is. They always have somebody. Except when. When they don't? When's that happen? Often when the new guy starts, like Stroud in 2021, takes half a season. I mean. He, I'm not saying Mordecai's going to be better. He ended I, up throwing for like, I know that he wasn't great against Minnesota, but he ended up throwing for like 400 yards that night. I mean, Stroud did. Yeah, the throughout opener. the first half of the season, they lost to Oregon, and, and he wasn't very efficient. That was because they couldn't stop uh, a, a cough. They couldn't stop a cold. Okay. Is that not fair? That aside. Their defense was horrible. I don't want to make this about Ohio State. I mean, Sorry, more yes. as, yeah. as for Wisconsin, I think they're better set up going into the season next to even throw Ohio State with Michigan. And I would maybe put Penn State there, too, with Drew Alar. But Mordecai is more of a known commodity than Alar is All at right, this so, point. So if you want, if you want to overreact... Yes, they're in a great spot. They, the, the only quarterback group better than them in the Big Ten right now is Michigan. And going forward, Wisconsin's going to be QBU. Is that what we're doing here? Not necessarily. Okay. No. So not that much of an overreaction. No, but I'll say this. I, I guess this is what I'll come back to. I don't think I could, I could have envisioned a better opening year scenario for Luke Fickle in this offense than Tanner Mordecai. And he said as much today. He said He said we weren't. We didn't necessarily need experience, but we wanted experience. And they got exactly what they wanted. Uh, and it, was, it wasn't it was late, but nobody thought Tanner Mordecai was going to be in the transfer portal. So when he decided, eh, I'm not going to go to the NFL draft. I'm going to come back to school for another year. And all of a sudden you have that connection with Phil Longo and you bring him in. It was a coup because no one else, no one thought he was going to be available. And... He was, and he's here, and what we've seen from him, especially the last four practices, is stuff that can lead Wisconsin to a Big Ten West title and, and put them in contention to win the Big Ten. They did not have that on this roster before he came. If he had not come, Braden Locke is likely your starter, and while I think he's been good, he doesn't have the experience. He has yet to throw a pass in, in college football. What Tanner Mordecai is and what he's done in a system that is somewhat similar to him, to this, and what we've seen through some of these practices, some of the throws that he's been able to make, the dimes that he delivered to uh, Will Pauling today, like those are passes that if you make them on a Saturday in front of 80,000 people, that's the throw that people are going to be remembering. Mm. That's how good some of these throws were. And I know, you know, some people are like, eh, whatever, it's practice. And it is. You have to do it in the games. But he's actually done it in games. So I intrigued and my feeling about wisconsin has increased offensively offensively my feeling what they can be offensively has increased in the last week and a half 
Man, you have you have Phil Longo out there in a mic'd up video on uh, talking trash. The Wisconsin football Twitter account on YouTube, talking trash, also saying that that he's more athletic than he looks, which is also something we kind of forget about. That when he was at SMU, they used his legs a lot, yeah. and it's a piece of his game that Phil Longo could use. That'll be part of it. I don't want to let. I'm not going to sit here and say exactly what they've been doing, but Braylon Allen was lead blocking for him at one point this point today. So. Some, some Jalen Hurts stuff going in, there, there, going into the playbook. There was that. Oh, Braylon Allen could. I mean, he's a, he's a fullback in most areas. Right. Old Wisconsin is having a fullback lead a guy through the middle. Yep. And Bra- Braylon Allen could fit that role blocking wise. We saw it. We actually saw it today with well, that's exciting. Him and Ches Malusi, where Ches was the ball carrier and it was Braylon leading it up. Yeah, there's been a lot of a lot of talk about the running back room in that it's. It's one that, like, the running back spoke to the media, and obviously there's confidence in the room, but every time I hear Longo talk or, or I read I read takeaways from press conferences, it's always that uh, everybody is underestimating how, how how efficient our run game will be and how much we're going to run the ball. Yeah. Um, it's tough. It's tough to know that type of stuff in spring because they're not tackling. And tackling is rather big part of football oh yeah okay all right. probably okay all right cool so uh, taking down Ches Malusi, taking down Braylon Allen a little bit different than you know getting to the spot where you're supposed to take them down and actually getting them to the ground but that's college I mean that's obviously football in itself I don't think there's been greatness out of the running game to this point but it's hard to tell because so much of it is physical and so much of it is breaking tackles and, and that type of stuff but um intriguing intriguing to say the, the least with those three to go, or those two, to go along with maybe Katie Akamele or Jackson Aker or whoever it is, to go along with a wide receiver crew that is somehow deeper than I thought it was going to be. With 13 guys in the room and you're going to play six or seven, I think you can, I think you see the six or seven already stepping to the forefront. Every time I see you tweet about practice, at least over the last week and a half, Will Pauling's in there. Yeah. Again and again and again. It's hilarious because we had our draft. And he, we, there's, so there's 13, tra- there's ter- 13 transfers. We had a draft, we drafted our top 10, and he did not make it. Which was a, a poor oversight. Yes, I think I took Nick Evers. You uh, did take Nick Evers. At the bottom of that. But was, even, like, if you take the quarterbacks out, right? If you take the quarterbacks out, he's still probably 10, 9 or 10. Him and Quincy Burroughs, 9 or 10. Because of what they did with Bryson Green, what they did with C.J. Williams, and what they did have with the returning guys, you thought, okay, that's not going to happen. And within a week and a half of spring ball starting, he's in the starting lineup, has already replaced Skyler Pell as the, as the as a slot, and they're not sharing one reps anymore. It's Will Pauling getting all the one reps and Skyler Bell with the twos. So he has been the surprise of camp, a very pleasant surprise, and the dude's dynamic. He is dynamic, that's for sure. He's young, too. Yes. That's something we forget about. Yeah. Where so much of this year, right, is holdovers from last year, where Wisconsin returns to a lot of starters on the defensive side, on the offensive side as well, and then adds a lot to it from the portal. But a lot of this year is a transition. A lot of the next two years is a transition from a crisp roster to a fickle roster. And some of the transfers reflect that, yeah, they're going to be here for a year or two, and then they're going to be gone. Will Pauling's young. He, he played one year, right, at, at Cincinnati? So he had a good redshirt freshman year. Like, didn't play, but, like, was, was good as a practice player. 
and then got hurt in the second or third game. But they were expecting bigger things from him last year for sure. But how many years he has four left? Three yeah, left. Three left. Okay, yeah. So I, But in general, that's a longer-term guy um, where you might be pairing him with Braden Locke in the future as, or as he might take over. Yeah. The, the thing about the quarterback room is there is not a competition. There's no, there's, for the one or two jobs, there's no competition. Tanner Mordecai is your one. Brayden Locke is your two. They've t- those guys have taken all the one reps and all the two reps, respectively. Somehow the competition is for the number three job, which I don't think any of us expected coming into spring. And right now, if I had to say who's the third guy in the game, I may say Marshall Howell. Wow. It's a, because he knows the offense, and I think Phil Longo trusts him more so than he trusts Miles Burkett or, or certainly Nick Evers. Who, again, I well, we addressed this on this day. Everyone thought he was going to be the starter. Everybody, as soon as it happened, which I get. We're caught up in the fickle moments and all the hype. But it seemed at least more clear as day to me that, that this is a for-the-future move. And there was a very high probability, not that something was guaranteed, but a high probability that he was not going to be ready to start the season for the team. So that's why the other moves were made. That's why the other interest was there. Uh, and, I, I mean, here we are. There were some people thought that, and we did, we did talk about this on Tuesday, but there were some people that thought that Nick Evers, that's the only quarterback they're going to bring in. Yep. I'm not right about a lot of things. You were right about that. That's the one thing. Congratulations. That at least I can I can put my finger on. Proud Speaking of, of quarterbacks, quick, before we get to the rest of practice, I, I have some over-under stat thoughts for the season Alrighty. comparing to previous Previous eras, previous players to this year's team, offensively specifically. Is there a good player comp for where Braden Locke is right now? Where, uh, okay, Mordecai is likely different than anybody you've seen at practice, as you've said. Yeah. But people are going to hate this. Is there a good comp for? Because Locke's young. He's a redshirt freshman. He hasn't he hasn't thrown a game uh, a pass in a game. Is there a good comparison? for where he is right now than someone you can connect to? People are going to hate this. I know exactly what it's going to be. Who do you think it's going to be? Graham Mertz. No. Oh. No. Redshirt freshman. Alex Hornibrook. He throws with anticipation. He doesn't have a huge arm, but he knows the offense and and um, is accurate. And, what if, and this is not Alex Hornibrook as a starter, or playing, you know, as a sophomore or junior. This is that's not what I'm talking. It's about. It's Hornibrook when he entered. It's it's yes. It's it's Hornibrook when he was like a retro freshman in spring ball and competing for the starting job. That's kind of where Braden Locke is. I think Braden Locke has a much higher upside than uh, than Alex Hornibrook. He doesn't. He's not left-handed, which I think is certainly a bonus. Um, <laughs> little little rim shot. Little. <laughs> that's little, good. Little hit. That's a ricochet. Um, I, I want to tweet that though. Quote uh, Zach Heilprin <laughs> on on Kenny and Heilprin live in for Grant Bills on the Wisco Sports Show, four to six, uh, says quote Bray, uh, Braden Locke reminds me of a young Alex Hornerbrook. No, so it's but it's the <laughs> it's the understanding of the offense. It's the knowing where to go with the ball. It's throwing with anticipation, like all those things. Alex did all those things. But Brayden's got a much higher upside than Alex. He's got a much better arm than Alex. Uh, he can actually move uh, better than Alex, which doesn't take a ton. I hope his delivery is a little more crisp. It's not left-handed. Faster. It's not left-handed, so it's got that going for Helps him. Helps a lot. It's not. Yeah, you're not. 
you're not winding up to throw the ball. There's not a, there's not a huge windmill there going. So, but I'm I'm talking about just in his preparation and knowing what he's supposed to do and where he's supposed to go. You don't normally see that out of young quarterbacks. Certainly not. You know, Graham Mertz wasn't even like that um, during his the spring of his redshirt freshman year. I was actually there for a couple practices, and that was after. I remember vividly, Jesse Temple put out a fan survey in the 2019 offseason, entering that year, and it asked, because remember, Jack Cohn came off. So, that like, was a true freshman year. Oh, 19 was true freshman? Okay. Well, th- well, that's the year I'm thinking about. Yeah, we didn't, when, get, to see, we didn't get to see his retro freshman practices. Right. Because it was COVID. Right, where uh, the fan survey asked, who do you want starting for this year's team? Or who's your favorite player on the team? <laughs> and Graham Mertz got a, like, Five times the votes of Jack Cohn, who was the starter. And uh, obviously entering the season was coming off of some some solid play in 2018, but very inconsistent, and, and he came in for Hornerbrook. He didn't look ready in 2018, and, and he got ready going into that 2019 season. Yeah. But Quintus, Quintus Cephas will do that. I, I remember being at that practice, and it was night and day with Mertz being a freshman and Cohn being a junior who yeah. was throwing the better football. Yeah. It was Cohn. Yeah, it wasn't close. It wasn't close. There was no. There was never a competition. Brayden Locke is at a, again, I'm not saying he's, he's Alex Hortbrook at all. He's got a much higher upside than that because he's got a stronger arm and he can move around. But just in terms of his knowledge of the offense, knowing what to do with the ball, it's it was very similar to what Alex was like in as a retro freshman. His ability to do that um, showed out. And we shouldn't be surprised because Brayden Locke was in a very similar offense down at Mississippi State. So his ability to walk into this after working with Mike Leach for a year, who was a mentor to Phil Longo, should not come as a surprise. But it's just not, it's just night and day compared to the, to Nick, to Nick Evers. It's not even close. And we saw that in the video that you mentioned, the Longo video, the Wired, right? Like him telling, you know, you have to know what the running backs are doing. You have to know what the tight ends are doing. That's why we coach that. Um, it's a suggestion that maybe you don't know he doesn't know the offense to the point where it needs he's to be not there ready. yet. Yeah, he's not, he's not ready, not, which, I mean, hopefully we don't imagine, talk about. Can you imagine if that was the only guy they brought in? Yeah, we would not be in a great place. Uh, Wisconsin quarterback-wise, offense-wise, would not be in a great place. You can't get the, the fickle longo era off on a running start if that's where you are. No. And, and again, that's why all the Mordecai talk encourages me. And I, I don't want to say I'm relieved. But I'm definitely impressed at how everything was handled in terms of bringing guys in to start to start strong, to start fast. Because there there were a lot of scenarios where they start much slower, right? If Brian Kelly goes down to LSU and he doesn't have Jaden Daniels, right. the Arizona State transfer, how much are we talking about LSU this offseason as a team that could be really good? Uh, Probably about, not as much. What about USC? And that is a very glaring one. Where they are one. almost nothing without Caleb Williams. I don't want to say nothing. Defensively, they're nothing. Offensively, a ton of talent there. But who knows if those guys end up there if like Caleb, if Caleb Williams isn't there. Where Tanner Mordecai is Wisconsin's what if, what if Caleb they, Williams. What if Caleb Williams came to Wisconsin? Would Paul Crystal be here? Yes, okay. he would. All right. Oh, they would have won enough games to, <laughs> to with him, with keep his just, job. With him just running around? I mean, he would have been running for his, his life. <laughs> he also, oh, he probably would have transferred after last year, after playing in that offense. What, what if? Realistically. If Phil Longo came in? Well, no, no, that's if Chris stays. And oh. Chris doesn't hire Phil Longo. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Then Caleb Williams probably would have transferred to go 
to Lincoln Riley where he realizes he could go in the Heisman. Um, all right, there's a lot to get to. It's Kenny and Heilprin. In for Grant Bills. We're live at Monk's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie, monksbarandgrill.com. Find a location near you. Masters going on. Uh, I know, Zach, all weekend at least, I will be lending one eye, if not both, at what's going on in the Masters. It's my favorite weekend of the year. You're so, what? We just got done with the best time of year. What's the best time of year? March Madness? Yes. I was I was so out on March Madness this season. Wisconsin wasn't in it? Kind of. And the the Final Four did nothing for me. The first game was cool, but UConn was going to gonna smack any team they played. There was no suspense. There was no drama but for they, me. It wasn't even just like the Final Four, though, that they smacked teams. They smacked everybody. Everybody. They played. Everybody. And when all the Blue Bloods lose early, I lose interest. Okay. I'm a casual when it comes to college basketball. I'll admit it. I'll admit it. On this on this show of all shows, to admit that you're a casual. No, I'm not a Big Ten casual, but all the Big Ten teams lost. But, I mean, I'm saying, like, uh, Grant Bills is a college football casual. Oh, noted. Yeah, so. Arguably the biggest. Yeah, he's yeah he's up there. He's Arguably up there. the biggest. Yes. Um, all right, we have to step away. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, I have some I have some numbers I want to get to. A, a little over-under game for Wisconsin's offense this season and each player statistically and their profile, what it could look like for the Badgers. Again, Kenny and Heilbrunn live at Monk's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie. We have more coming up next. This is Kenny and Heilbrunn on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right, we are back. Kenny and Heilbrunn live Monk's Bar and Grill, Sun Prairie for a final time this season. Uh, MonksBarandGrill.com. This place is great. Find a location near you. Got locations across the state. Place to watch Brewers baseball. Place to watch the Masters, Zach. Place to uh, not, unfortunately, watch Wisconsin spring game on BTN because that's Michigan spring game that was recently on BTN that I did watch. They'll be. I, I guarantee they'll be there. That BTN will be at the launch. At the launch, yeah. which is in it's two weeks, two weeks, two weeks from Saturday. Looking forward to that. Which that should be, be which will be just a practice, but still. but for everyone to see, should should be exciting. Everybody's gonna gonna see one practice from Tanner Mordecai and overreact, and then My and then the smart people will point them back to this show and say, "Oh no, Zach! Zach's been talking about that for for weeks." My hope, my hope is that he doesn't play well. My hope is he doesn't play bad. Oh, because then it's gonna be like, "You guys are idiots! What have you been talking about all spring? You guys are morons." freaking media doesn't know what they're talking about like that that type of stuff yeah but those people are i would assume those that would overreact to what they saw that day would also be the same that are excited that graham mertz is no longer the quarterback so i think the bar is set low in their minds where any non-graham mertz quarterback to them would be a breath of fresh air yes which mordecai uh hopefully will be on the field i wanted to get to this so i was i was thinking of, of what the offense could be this year because of how different it is. And I, I tried to find precedent. I, I tried to go back into the North Carolina logs and the Wisconsin logs Oof. to see uh, which of the top players, what we could see from them on the field. When did you do this? Uh, today at 3.12 p.m. Okay. I, was, I thought you were going to say you did it during Bill's show. No. Okay. No, no. I was here. You're locked in. I was here prepping the show. Okay. Locked in during Bill's show as a... Uh, as Victor Hovland shoots 65 in just a just a, an abomination of a shirt. But oh, that's not important. Did he just hit the. Go ahead. Sorry. 
What now? You're watching golf and you're reacting to it. I was like, he. I think he just hit the tree. Oh, who knows? Um, he's talking about Rory, who is one under through 17, I believe, coming up the 18th. Masters going on all weekend. Can't wait. Pass. Can't wait to talk about it with you on Tuesday, as as you're clearly trained. Um, Tanner Mordecai. I'm going to throw out some numbers. Okay. You tell me whether you think he goes over or under those marks. Sure. 33 touchdowns passing. Under. Four interceptions. Over. So under 33 touchdowns, you think? I, I know that I – you don't think I know these numbers? Who, who, who these numbers belong to? 3,200 yards. Over. 11.8 adjusted yards per attempt. Oh, stop it. I don't freaking know. Okay. Well – Look at Tanner. I, I, I know exactly who those numbers belong well, to. Oh, those are Russell Wilson's. Yes. But Mordecai last year at SMU, 3,500 yards, 33 touchdowns, 10 picks. Yeah. So the picks will be higher. I might even go higher on the passing touchdowns. I don't see it. You think they mostly will come from the ground? I think, yes. If they're, if they're yes. Russell Wilson oversaw the highest scoring offense in Wisconsin history through 33 touchdowns. You know how many touchdowns Monty Ball had that day, that year? 30-something. But what if Wisconsin breaks all of those records this year with this offense? They're winning the Big Ten. Really? Yes. If it came down to it against... Because their defense is better. Their defense is going to be better than that 2011 defense. But what if this year's Michigan team is better than who they played in the... That was Michigan State, right? Yeah. 42-39. to I think this year's Michigan team is going to be better than that year's Michigan State team. So there are a lot of factors at play. If Wisconsin's scoring 45 points a game. That's a lot of points. That's really hard to even wrap your head around, given history. For, for young Badger fans like yourself, yes, it's, it's hard to grasp your head. Uh, to me, it doesn't feel like too far ago. Too, too long ago, I should say. I guess. Uh, will they have two 1,000-yard rushers, speaking of the, the, the rushing room? I'll say no. Michael Carter, 2020, North Carolina, 1,245 yards. Javante Williams, that same year, 1,140 in yeah. the same backfield. Braylon Allen had 1,242 last year. Ches Malusi, who was banged up, had 473. Yes. I would agree with you, no, just for the reason of health. I don't trust him to stay healthy. Either of them. Right. Yeah. yeah. So for the whole season. Right. So the last time Wisconsin had two 1,000-yard rushers in the same season, was 2014, uh, excuse me, 2013, when it was Melvin Gordon and James White. And Melvin Gordon had 1,600 and James White had 1,400, or around there. But that was also like a stretch where they had a bunch of guys that were like, I mean, in, in 2010, they almost had three 1,000-yard rushers. So I think Moneyball came up like four yards short. It's not as easy as it sounds, even though you expect Wisconsin's running game to have some success, especially in this new offense. Uh, but I don't think they're going to be like Javon, when they did that in 2020. It's because they didn't necessarily have the greatest skill guys that they wanted, like that they could count on. Right? Phil Long is going to take what you give him, and the running game with those two guys was huge. And they were also heavily involved in the passing game. I think they had a combined 50 catches between them, Michael Carter uh, and Javante Williams. So, I, if you want, if if you're asking, well, Braylon Allen and uh, Ches Malusi each have like a thousand total yards. I'll say yes to that. Like I could see that happening, but I don't know about rushing. I see Ches Malusi more as a pass catching back. I, I don't know why. I just I they've they've used Braylon Allen in that setting a little bit. I just 
We've seen the running backs get the ball a ton in the passing game. In practice? Yeah. That's definitely now, now some something that's, to some, note. Some of that, some of that's check down, right? But the swing routes that they are getting these guys out involved in, yeah. That's a Cade Iacomelli route for me, though. Cade Iacomelli has caught a ton of passes this fall. This so that this fall, but I think that's also the second second team. Like if Braylon Allen or Ches Mosu's on the second team, they'd be getting those catches. That does make me excited, though. Just a, a pure little more scat tight back. Come yeah. in on the third downs, yeah. get some get some receiving yards. How about this? Quintus Sevis in 2019 had 901 yards and seven touchdowns. How many wide receivers do you think best the 900-yard mark in this offense? How many? Don't have to say who because it could be a different combination. One. Who? DK? You, you, just, you, would assume? you literally just told me I don't have to well, say Well, if you who. say one, then, then I would assume you're, you're looking at one guy. The thing is, if you said two, then it could be any combination. Based on what I've seen so far this spring, Mordecai's been, uh, you know, sharing the ball. He likes him some Keontes Lewis. He does like him some Keontes Lewis. He likes him some Will Pauling. We've seen a little bit more Jim Ray get involved. I don't know if I'd say one. If I had to, if I had to put money on it, I'd say none. Just because I think it's going to be spread around. But effectively spread around through a lot of guys at 700 yes. as opposed to a couple three at eight. Yes. Yeah. I could see that. I mean, that'll work when you talk snap counts. That would make a lot of sense because if they're truly going to be rotating guys in and going fast and trying to get the most and run more plays, get the most out of the offense, I would expect some pretty heavy substitutions, which who, would lead to a lot of snaps. Who is Josh Downs in this offense? Well, that's that's what we talked about on Tuesday. Will Pauling. Right? I think it's Will Pauling. Yeah. Definitely. He almost feed him the ball primarily out of the slot, get some mismatches in there, depending on what the defense is playing and an athlete and someone with that body type that could do it. Now, I haven't seen Pauling, haven't seen enough of him, so I don't want to go as far as to say he will become him. Yeah. But if you look at who is the comparison in that offense, I think I think that's the easy answer. Yeah, So for sure. Man, what an offense. I can't wait. That was your, those your three? That was your over-unders? Yeah, that was my Sorry, three. Man. Well, I wanted to – the, the thing want, is – You didn't want to say over-under, like, three bad snaps per game? Let's talk about that when we come back because <laughs> I saw that come out as well. Uh, has the football have the football gods taken away Wisconsin's ability to snap the football because they have gone away from from classic Midwest hard nosed pound the rock football? We'll talk about that when we come back. It's Kenny and Heilprin live in Monk's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie. Back in a few. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Net. All right, welcome back in. It's Kenny and Heilprin live, Monk's Bar and Grill, Sun Prairie. For a final time this year, find a Monk's location near you. Go to monksbarandgrill.com. Zach, Badger Spring Practice. Uh, a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, there was some, some talk that every time Tanner Mordecai and any other quarterback would get in the eye formation, they were unable to execute a snap, mm. which... When you talk about the game of football, seems to be somewhat important to the execution of an offense. I mean, it was once, but yeah. We have, it only happened once? It only happened once. They only tried it once? They only tried it okay, once. Okay, well, they're 0 for 1. That's that's <laughs> fine enough for a narrative for me. Uh, it, there have been many notable 
uh, Badger failing to execute a snap moments, most notably the end of the game against Penn State in 2021 where there were fumbles. That. I don't know about most notably, but yes. Partially notably, at least yeah, to me. For, for, there were, for young Badger fans. There were some instances also recently of, of punters failing to catch snaps. Yep, Rose Bowl uh, and twice. championship game. But now, as we hear about this new offense and all this excitement about a great quarter, hopefully great quarterback and fun skill positions and new scheme and fast pace, they can't snap the ball. Is that what you're saying? Well, we are a very pro Tanner Bordellini podcast, so I'm not going to sit here and say, or a show, because I like Tanner, and we've had Tanner on a bunch, and I'm a big fan of Tanner. He's being kind of forced into it. It's a tough spot for him. He thought he was going to be playing guard. <laughs> he thought he was going to be playing guard, and a lot of guard this uh, spring, uh, and that has not happened because Jake Renfro has been uh, sidelined with the, the foot injury, so Tanner's been forced to be in the middle. He's been forced to uh, run constantly it's because that's just what this is which is a new thing for this offense and uh some of the stuff that they're doing defensively has put some pressure on the center in addition to making all the calls and everything like that head up nose you know nose guard nose tackle right on on top of them so that has added a little bit to it but yes there have been some struggles um snapping the ball it's not just him joe huber who has been the second team guy as i said i think on tuesday kind of having to play shortstop at times which is you know balls all over the place it's not in a, gotcha. it's not in a comfortable spot all the time and that that is difficult for an offense especially for a quarterback it throws their timing off uh, Luke Fickle was asked about it today and said you know essentially what I just said there's a whole lot of things that go into it uh, but it does affect the quarterbacks I would I, hope I would say I would say I'm not concerned about it one, because I think Jake Renfro is going to end up being the starting center, and I don't think we saw too many issues with him. And I think, you know, as they get more comfortable and, and better versed in what they're being asked to do as a center and having to deal with all that stuff and playing the way, the pace that they do, you're going to see them probably settle in a little bit. But, yeah, it, it's been tough at times, for sure. That's something that's greatly aided by reps which is what the spring is for and what they'll get going forward. I hope the quarterbacks are playing a better shortstop than Derek Jeter did during his MOB career, meaning they're able to, to field more balls effectively and not have limited range <laughs> like he did during his baseball career. Yeah. But, yeah, it's it doesn't directly concern me either. Uh, I, I mean, when you talk, if that's the biggest problem with the offense, if that's the biggest thing that is mentioned as a negative, I think that tells you they're in a great place going forward. And and I'm sure there will be some hiccups. Like, it's not going to be perfect. But if the biggest concern is can the snaps be good, that's a much easier thing to fix than, say, not being able to move forward consistently. What about being able to protect the quarterback? Now, that's important. Okay. That's important. Yeah. But that's been uh, the problem over the last couple of years. Other things, that, other things that don't necessarily show up because you're not – blowing the play dead every time a guy gets through well i want to talk about the defensive side of that because yeah it's it, it might be tougher to see but has there been anything more on the defensive side of the ball that you've seen we've talked about what what we've been able to garner from what trestle will do schematically in terms of personnel yeah number one who's who stood out have there been more standouts on that side and and What's been progressing on that side, aside from the, the pressure, which we hear a lot about? So two things stood out today, specifically on 
at linebacker with Mumajang Meta, who came. <laughs> that, did we talk about this already on air? No, no not on air. About, we talked about it off, off air. air. Mumajang Meta uh, welcomed Braylon Allen to practice today uh, during one of the inside drills where it's not necessarily taking guys to the ground, but, uh, you know, physical. It's, it's an inside drill. Anybody that's played football has done an inside drill where it's just you're knocking, not, you, you know, you're going going hard, but you're not necessarily taking guys to the ground. Moon John made a slice through the offensive line. Uh, I don't know. I think it was the guard. Sliced off the offensive line as soon as Braylon Allen got the ball, picked him up, and just put him into the ground. Like something you don't normally see when it becomes, when it's Braylon Allen. When you're 240 pounds and you're running like he does, Mumajang Meta just picked him up and put him in the ground. And it had the entire practice howling. It was amazing. It was amazing. Um, and it's the type of stuff that I think Ivan Pace was kind of known for and some of the things that he was able to do for Cincinnati last year. And Mumajang Meta kind of feels he sees himself. He's walked a, he watched a ton of Ivan Pace tape, a ton. He thinks he can be that guy. That's what I was trying to say three weeks ago when we talked about who could be the guy, who could be the driving force, and Muma uh, playing that role, hopefully, he would be the guy I would hope could step up, and, and if all goes well, he could be that guy. That's talked about that three weeks ago. Talk about this yeah. this show being accurate right? in some in some respects. In some form or ways. But, yeah, that's what he, he, that's what he views himself as. And, you know, Mike Trussell's like, <laughs> don't put that on him. But he's put it on himself. He, that's what that's what he thinks he can be. He's watched a ton of tape on Cincinnati. He's watched a ton of tape on Ivan Pace. And so, yes, I think Mujang Meta has playmaking ability like that. I will also say, after a really bad Saturday where C.J. Williams just absolutely tore up the secondary, specifically the second team guys. Then they offered a kid in the portal yes, right after. I, I thought that they had, some, <laughs> they had some better days. But I thought the first team unit had a great day today. Which is Alex Smith, or defense Alex, as a whole, Alex, or secondary? The secondary. Alex Smith, Ricardo Holman, Travion Blaylock, Hunter Wohler, um, and uh, Jason uh, uh, Matry in the slot. You know, three straight plays where it was Travion Blaylock winning the jump ball with uh, Jack Eschenbach in the end zone, knocking it loose. Whether it was, you know, the play later, Alex Smith guarding Chimray Geek on a slant, and Chimray's trying to get the ball across the goal line, and Smith slaps it loose and, and stops that. And then Maitre at the goal line, nearly picking a ball off. Um, I mean, it would have been, he would have liked to have caught it, but he broke it up, and it wasn't a, a completion. It was three straight plays where they really stood out. So, yes, there have been moments where the secondary has kind of uh, showed up as well. And and it's a place where we've seen Wisconsin wants to add going into the season. There's no doubt about that. There Because while I think there is talent behind those those top guys, there's not experienced talent. Ricardo Holman had a great, great, great Tuesday. I think we talked about it on the podcast. It was fantastic. This, the first line group is good, but they have, you know, depth where they probably need to add some experience. So this was asked to me on Twitter a couple of weeks ago. Where does where does the pressure come from? Um, with with Herbig's sack numbers obviously gone, Benton's pressure overall gone. Where what position do you think the most pressure comes from? And will like will an outside linebacker lead this defense in sacks from what you've seen, or will the pressure come from from different levels? I think it's going to come from different levels. Le- levels. You think it's going to be Muma? It's scheme. You ask where the pressure is going to come from? Scheme. I don't know necessarily that's going to be one-on-one. Nick Herbig just beat guys, right? He just beat guys. 
Keanu Benton just beat guys. I don't necessarily think that there was anything set up to the point where it was, yeah, let's, you know, we're going to get Nick in this situation where he's going to come free. Though there were some situations where guys just didn't block anybody. So maybe that scheme. I think I think of the Iowa game where there was sometimes he just wasn't even blocked. Yep. And that, that resulted in a, a sack. But for me personally, I think it's a scheme. I think it's very possible that inside linebacker leads them in sacks. I would not be surprised. Some of the pressures that we've seen, I think it's possible. And you just don't know how often a guy like a Daryl Peterson or a TJ Bowlers or a CJ Getz is going to get to rush the passer it's not going to be like it was last year where it's your inside your outside linebackers are rushing on a regular basis almost all the time like that's not what this is going to be but they're going to get their opportunities i don't know if the lean sacker is going to get into double digits like nick was or like previous outside linebackers have but they have the i think talent in that front seven to cause chaos up front but it's going to have to come from different places, and I think the scheme is going to have to help with them a lot. And the thing about the scheme is... We'll add Wohler to that mix as well. I, yeah, but the, what, with the scheme, what they have the ability to do is throw so many different looks at you because they can go three three five, they can go dollar, they can go nickel, they can go base. Like, they have... They just have the ability to throw a bunch of different things at you. I was talking with somebody the other day about it, and they may not have the depth at corner that they, that they had at Cincinnati, but they have the um, ability to throw so many different things in offense because of the talent at outside linebacker and because of the depth they have there and the versatility they can throw at you that I think an offense, offenses are going to have plenty to um, prepare for. It's not going to just be the, you know, two, four, five, every single uh, third down, you know. And, and Jim Leonard was a, was a master at getting guys free. Disguise. Right disguise I, I mean he would put he would put Aiden O'Connell and Sean Clifford into into complete pretzels yes. and those are experienced good college quarterbacks right exactly and a lot of that had to do with um, a lot of things looking exactly the same I think these guys are gonna be able to just throw a ton of looks at people right and now, it's right now because they're meshing they're meshing the old and the new we've heard that a ton which I in a positive direction for the Badgers it's not as if their early Big Ten opponents like Purdue can turn on Cincinnati film and learn everything. So, I, I mean, we, we talked last year about not putting offense on film, whatever, during the first couple games. But I, I do wonder if, okay, yeah, they want to beat Washington State and Buffalo, but there also is more in the bag that is saved for the Big Ten schedule because nobody's seen it before because it's completely new. So right. it's kind of they would have to learn on the fly. Not to mention, Purdue has a new quarterback who's young, like you look at the schedule, they face a lot of new guys that don't have a lot of experience. Yeah. So that's something to watch. All right, well, we have to step away. We'll take a quick break. Close it out when we come back. That's Zach Heilprin. I'm Ben Kenny in for Grant Bills. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right, welcome back in. Kenny and Heilprin, live from Monks and Sun Prairie. In for Grant today. Grant will not be back tomorrow. Uh, I regret to inform everybody what he will hell? be back on Monday. What the hell? It's it's every don't miss your show Friday. When I post the podcast tomorrow morning of of this hour, I will include the fact that uh, it is a Friday show, <laughs> at least posted by us. In for yeah, him. Yeah. But yeah, Grant will be back on Monday. Hope he enjoys his 
vacation, vacation as much as he can. I'm getting ripped by Dave from Monona on Twitter. That dude takes so much vacation. Dave's Dave's in my mentions because of Grant's tweet about being on the coast because I'm I happen to be from a coast. But he's on the west coast. So that's going on. Yeah, I know. It all gets lumped together, Zach. You guys are all coasties. So that's all coming up. Uh, speaking of coming up, the the camp with with you and Jesse, there's a lot going on with practice. There are some interviews that have just gone out. I saw as well. Yeah, that's some exciting. I, I'm excited for some of the stuff we've done with the camp. Uh, we've taken it daily. It hasn't always been the greatest, but it's been it's been interesting. It's been interesting to say the least. Taking it daily for the first time, and yeah, go to Jesse. And run more to coin by him, the thought. You know what he's gonna do? He's gonna be like, "Who came up with that?" He's like, "Bang!" Like, idiot. I'm sure. Run. What else has been brought up? Run, <laughs> run the Moomajong Meta Ivan Pace comp by him. Well, Go. I, did, I did that today. Okay, good. Run, run everything I give, that's. I didn't give you credit for it. That's okay. Run everything that's said here by him, so I can I can truly know if it's intelligent or not. Oh, that's, okay. All right, that's a good know? shot. That's a good shot. No, not that you don't bring it. No, it's fine. I took a shot at you when you weren't on the show, so it's okay, uh, it's okay, sure. to, it's okay to bring it back. Um, all right, so we have we have spring practice coming up on Saturday, and then we will be back on, on Tuesday at 6. Coming up next week, I, I don't know exactly when the schedule, what the schedule will change to. We will stay two days a week. I don't know exactly the time frames that we will be going, but with the Brewers on, I mean, there's going to be a lot of moving parts yes. with, with when we're on. So there will be a lot of podcasts. So go subscribe if you've not already. Kenny and Heilprin, wherever you find them. Uh, all shows posted there after a conclusion. Uh, is, oh, but one other note that I forgot to address. Wisconsin basketball lands Wyoming's Noah Reynolds in the transfer portal. Two years uh, at Wyoming, six foot three guard from, from Illinois. The only note I wrote down when looking at him and what he brings, he scores. <laughs> he scores. And with this team, it's probably needed. Yep, 14 and a half points per game last year for for Wyoming, uh, for Wyoming, and yeah, it's not bad. So we'll talk about that more on Tuesday as well. Um, until then, thanks everybody for hanging around. We will talk to you next week. See ya.